welcome back to the regular exclusive podcast and good lord what is what is it with january and just like having the craziest starts to the year it's been fucked ever since it turned to 2024 i'm convinced i feel like there's a curse on the year because it's just been a shit storm it's just like a, a combination of crazy geopolitical things and then bad horror movies it's like mm-hmm. can we have anything good that comes out well, then we get the Golden Globes, and those are just a shit show. Just as chaotic as 2024 has been, honestly. So I guess it fits. Well, speaking of, let's talk about the Golden Globes. They just happened. Awards were given out. Uh, I was actually very, um, very happy with the Golden Globes overall. I mean, there's some stuff I was like, nah, I don't know. But I was disappointed. There was not any drunk people on stage. You know, I love yeah. when they bring the I love when the drunk people come out and it's just very obvious and they like collect their award or they announce an award and they're just like but it, nothing. But there was some really bad timings between the music starting and people stopping talking. So that was, was at least like, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. That That is also something that this just felt like a really like thrown together production overall. Like, Speak, you know what I mean? Speaking of who was the host again? Joe Coy, which everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? I know who he is. But like, I had no clue that he was the host. Like, did they just not market anything about the Golden Globes this year? I mean, honestly, well, like a couple years ago, they they stopped doing the Golden Globe ceremony because none of the stations would have would, you know, NBC pulled out. They didn't want to do it because like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association was like all this sketchy shit, which, of course, and so they like disbanded, supposedly reorganized. So now that's why they were on CBS instead of NBC. Uh, and I feel like it just went in just the worst possible directions at every point. Like Joe Coy, obviously, it's, he was saying he got the job 10 days ago. He's a comedian. He, I, I'm sure he has some specials on Netflix. I knew him because he was on he was always on the Chelsea Handler show and he was friends with her. They okay. dated a couple of years ago and broke up. So. I mean, you know, if he's not good enough for her, I don't think he's good enough for any of us. And I think we can all agree after that, whatever the fuck he was doing with his monologue, which was just so awkward and he, horrible. He, and he ugh. made he made some interesting decisions and jokes. Like I thought the joke that he made about Taylor Swift and, and the NFL, I thought yeah, that, that was fine. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, but then like he made that joke about, about like about Barbie. He made the joke about like white people stealing the story from Killers yeah. of the Flower Moon. I'm like, I haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet, but I don't think that's what happened. So I don't think you've seen it either. <laughs> like, I think that is what happens, though. It's all about the white people well, taking over and taking everything from the Native Americans, which we all know is true. Well, I mean, I think he might be kind of right, but like... Sorry, I took his joke as like white people stole the plot of the movie. And oh I'm like, God, no! <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's the case. But in if, the movie, if, yeah. If the they joke the is land. about white people stealing from, yeah. From, okay, that's that, right. That like, well, we'll sense. take the profits from the movie. You know, it's like it was funny, but it was just maybe like the wrong audience. But yeah, like his Barbie jokes were just super, like really bad, and I just didn't know if that was him or what. Also, it just felt like this is how we're deciding on a host now. Just fucking drawing this guy out of a hat. He must have been like the last fucking call they made. Because nobody even knows who he is, I feel like. And now he's really fucked. (laughs) I just feel like no one wants to hear from him ever again at this point. Oh, man. At least I don't. I mean, I know him from stand-ups, and he was always fine. He's never someone that I'm like, oh, he's got a stand-up. I got to watch him now. He's just not a great host, and I can see why he must have been their last case. Like, okay, we'll just deal with him. But (laughs) I do feel like even without having him as the host, like, there was... All of the stuff between the, the the presenters when they came out, the banter was like super weird, not you, funny. You know who were the best um, presenters was mm. the 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 two musicians for best original song and best score. They were hilarious, like their banter and stuff, like yeah, making music jokes and stuff. They they were really funny. They but were yeah, fine. Ev- everyone else was a little bit weird. The award for most awkward presenter was Kevin Costner. What oh god that, that was so uncomfortable that was the strangest thing i've ever I mean, seen why like, were they making him read lines from the barbie monologue it just felt like who the fuck put this together again did an ai fucking bot make this show it sounded like <laughs> they wrote the jokes you know what i mean 
Oh, that was also another good presenter for the Writers Award. They're like, yeah. we're going to read the lines that executives wrote for us. <laughs> yep. Like, it sounds just like fucking AI. This shit is bullshit. But I, I'll agree with you that, like, the awards overall, who won and all that, I don't have any problems with. I figured that fucking Barbie's not going to win everything. I was a little surprised to see a box office award. And I'm just like... Yeah, this let's just start feels there. Like, are you guys really just throwing us a bone here now so that I... well, we're celebrating movies that make money too? It's like we don't need that at the Oscars. You know, those those movies are fine. They don't need awards. They've made all that fucking money. That's all I also I thought that was the dumbest award because like there's it they didn't define like what it was. So I was actually kind of rooting for um for the Tw Taylor Swift movie to win. I never saw it, but that what she did go like her actually putting that movie out, I thought was very, very fascinating. I was like, that was really interesting. Cool. You just went over the whole studios. You just distributed it yourself. I thought that was really cool. But like, yeah, they didn't define what this actually meant. So it, I think we all assumed it's just biggest box office, which there's no mystery there. So why are we Barbie, even doing yeah. the award? Exactly. Like, I'm that's like, a Google search. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this isn't even a fun award. I just felt like, did we get rid of all the performances, like the music performances, so we could do this? And like, I don't know. It just, I mean, everyone was like, who won? I'm fine with, they gave good speeches and shit, but it just felt like in between the winners was just some real fucking awkward moments from <laughs> yeah. left to right. Also, it seemed like the, the seating arrangement was really weird because... It look, looked like half of the people that won awards, like, didn't know where to go. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, uh. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weird. I don't know. I mean, but, I figure you must have been excited that Succession won a bunch. Yeah, I, I mean, I was because that shows one of my favorites. And But I also, like, was kind of expecting it to because it's its final season. There's a, There were several shows that this was their final season and surprisingly mm -hmm. not all of them won but yeah i was very happy for accession you mentioned the best original song um i was bummed but i don't i don't usually expect the music performances at the golden globes but i'm still crossing my fingers that ken i'm just ken and peaches are nominated for the oscars i, they I think don't they need, will be they don't need to win they just need to be nominated so they get performed yeah. Oh, I believe you are believe I I think it'll happen. Like if this is like those movies were so or those songs were so popular, especially I'm just Ken. I mean, it was like the, we were all waiting for it in Star is Born when it was like, you know, yeah. let's let's just I just want to hear them play that song. You know what I mean? It's like that song is so big in that movie. And I feel like this movie, like obviously the Billie Eilish song is incredible mm -hmm. and really emotional. And that definitely feel like it's an Oscar song. Yeah. If they were to give it to I'm just going to die. <laughs> but I feel like it's going to be that. So I'm okay with that because that's a really beautiful song. Yeah. But we're definitely going to get the head to head. What if they mm -hmm. combine it into one performance and they do like a fucking song, you know, battle? Oh, that would be that would be perfect if That'd they did a, a medley where Jack yeah. Black and, and Ryan Gosling are performing together. Yeah. Work together, baby. That would be great. So I here's my big gripe is is Oppenheimer. We talked about it. It's a very, very good movie. Eh. eh well, I think it's a very, very <laughs> it's good movie. It's a little movie. bit overhyped. It's fine. Oh, no, it's yeah. definitely overhyped okay. for sure. But like the the only award that it won that I thought it totally deserved was Best Original Score. Because if there's anything <laughs> consistent about Christopher Nolan movies is that his scores are incredible. Really? You don't think he deserved Best Actor? Or, I mean, sorry, Best Director? I actually don't. Really? I mean, I think he deserved to be nominated. I can't really. It's speak. a career award. I that's that's what I'm thinking. I can't really speak to it because I've only seen a couple of these movies. Like I saw Past Lives, and I loved that movie. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel like this is Christopher Nolan's year. That's very similar to when Leo won the mm -hmm. Best Actor. Yeah. Um, because. Revenant is very, very good. I don't think that was his best performance. I Maybe it was just because that was kind of a weak year. I have it pulled up here, and it was pretty weak. The only other movie I really saw that year was Matt Damon in The Martian, and I thought he was great in that. But, like, he should have won for Wolf of Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And that year, I looked that up, that year was stacked. So, exactly. like, I guess, you know, I, I get it, but... 
Christopher, this is not Christopher Nolan's best movie. And I don't think it's, I, I don't know. I just welcome think to the Oscars, Jace. They don't care if it's his best movie. It's a career award. It's all politics. Okay. These yeah. people are greasing fucking people's hands, giving them money. I'd be doing the same shit. One and thing... everybody loves fucking Oppenheimer. They're acting like it's the best thing ever made. So I don't think he'll have a problem. I'm curious if Killian Murphy will be able to beat uh, Paul Giamatti because he seems like a lock. That's what I've heard. I, I want to see The Leftovers. That's the what holdovers. Called, right? holdovers. Holdovers. The it's, <laughs> yeah, this isn't like Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. But it is on Peacock, actually, to stream if you have Peacock. So oh, you can watch it. I'm going to check gonna it out. Check that out. I did. I want to shout Paul Giamatti out again because if you saw the photo that went was like viral the day after the Gold Gloves, it was like fucking a bunch of people took pictures of him in and out. He went oh, there yeah, and he's just sitting there with that. his fucking Golden Glove. And I was like, "What a G, man!" And then people are like, "I hope he does the same with the Oscar." So I feel like I don't know. He seems to have won everything. So I'll be curious to see. Yeah, if it's nominated, the other movie in the musical comedy category that I've heard nothing but like glowing reviews for is Poor Things. Oh, yeah, I want to see that. I, I heard that's just great. The thing I was really surprised by is um, for the drama category, there's three non-English movies in there. And I feel like I feel like that's got to be a record. Yeah, they're doing it more and more because fucking Parasite really blew that fucking category <laughs> open, I think, because it swept every award. Yeah. And then the show was like three times as long. Because Bong Joon-ho was up there every five minutes. And then it was like, he would say stuff. And then his translator had to do it. So it was like, that show was like so fucking long that year. Well, <laughs> but it's hey, I mean, it, it, they're going to have to keep doing it. I'm glad if they're like, because I was, I used to also be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe let's not. But it's like, when you see a really great movie, it doesn't matter where it's from. You uh, know? It, it, I mean, you and I have talked off the pod, but like, been really getting into foreign movies. There, Me too. There's a lot. There's a lot of, I don't know, it's just different. It's it's a unique experience. It forces you to watch the movie because you have to read the subtitles. Like, you can't I look down it. on your phone. You know, like, I Godzilla Minus One is just mm -hmm. one of my favorite movies of the year. and It's on the short list for Best Picture, I heard. I, so. ho I hope so. It, it I, could, hope it, I don't know if I it's necessarily, like, really close or, like, far off. But my hey. dream, My dream is that it wins for Best Visual Effects against mm -hmm. movies that have like insane budgets versus mm -hmm. it's small budget. That's like that's Oppenheimer. the dream. Yeah. I love uh, it. But let's see. The other other thing that I did not realize um Lily Gladstone. Mm -hmm. I want to see Killers of Flat Moon cuz she's kind of like the seems like she's the front runner by a by a pretty wide margin. But I had no, no clue. I not had... at all. Really? Yeah. No, definitely. She's uh, she won for this because they separate it. But I'm pretty positive it's going to be Emma Stone for Poor Things. Oh, it sounds okay. like she's like incredible. I mean, she plays like a female Frankenstein, but it's like a sexual romantic comedy going <laughs> yeah. out on her adventure and learning what it is to be a person. And I'm just oh. like, sounds incredible. But I do feel like. I, I'm sure it it would be incredible if Lily Gladstone won. I, I think mean, that'd be great. The thing that I had no clue of, um, do you know Lily Gladstone grew up here in the Seattle area? No. She's like, she like grew up in like Mount Lake Terrace. Oh, shit. That's why you like her. <laughs> I, I just I learned see. that while we were watching. I was like, it's all oh. about location. No, I'm pretty sure uh, for Best Supporting Actress, that's really the only category it sounds like is pretty locked for a win is uh, Devine Joy Randolph. Okay. She's or Divine, sorry, Divine Joy <laughs> Randolph. She is so amazing. I loved her. She was on um the fucking she was one of the best characters on the idol. We liked her on that. Oh, oh yeah. She's yeah, fucking she, cool. And I I love that she that she won. I that'd be great if she won again. Cause like she started in like comedy movies. Yeah. Like and she's so funny. And the holdovers is supposedly more of a comedy, but like also still like kind of a dramedy, I would imagine. You know, it's mm. one of those. And I'm it sounds like also Robert Downey Jr.'s on his way. So oh yeah. We'll Good see. stuff all around for that. Robert Downey Jr.'s uh speech was funny because the entire time he was giving it, I was just getting like the impression he's like, 
this means nothing to him. He's won. No, are you he's kidding? Won, he's won many awards. This oh, is just no. another walk in the park. I didn't think he had any fucking Iron Man energy <laughs> there. Like he was definitely. I felt like he was very grateful, and I really like his. I thought he was, had a great speech, but I did. I was curious, like about all of this. I don't know if you've seen, but like, so Bradley Cooper was nominated. There's a bunch of actually pretty funny jokes about how like his nose prosthetic for playing yeah. Leonard Bernstein was so dramatic that like it was what fucking Barry Keoghan wore as his dick in yeah. Like that was <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. But have you seen like online? Everyone's just been fucking coming at Bradley Cooper and talking hella shit. Like so glad that he didn't win anything. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? They're like, oh, how look at this face. That's what it feels like to waste six years learning how to fucking conduct for nothing. And I was like, Jesus, why do we hate him so much? What the fuck? Is it because of the nose or is it because the so. movie people don't like the movie or, or I have is no it... idea, Jace. I can't I imagine what, what makes people mad. I haven't seen it either. I want to watch it, but also his like the family like said that they like helped him with the process and like they approved it like the face prosthetics. So like, I mean, I agree. It does look huge, but like, I think it, when you look comparatively, it does kind of make sense. Yeah. Either way, well, I just find it really weird that everyone's like rooting for him to fail. I'm like, when do we all turn on Bradley Cooper? That's weird. Bradley Cooper's like a stand up guy, I feel like. And yeah. if, like if he got permission from the family to like do the nose thing, I feel yeah. like that that's more than most creators like they didn't yeah. do that for Dahmer like they didn't exactly. consult consult yeah, the family didn't... or anything well people still hated that I mean it's just, just no way to fucking satisfy everyone but I will say true I don't even know who's hosting the Oscars I don't I can't even I don't know I don't even care as uh, long it as should... it's not Joe Coy honestly <laughs> it should be chat GPT they should host the Oscars no bring back Ricky Gervais okay he just he won for his fucking comedy special that dropped like two weeks ago I couldn't even believe that that was hilarious but also for a good reason he's one of the funniest people ever and if for people who talk about like you know how to host an award show that's him yeah well and i don't i i'm assuming it was not included on any nominations just because it hadn't come out yet but uh i just saw the wrestle or sorry uh iron claw which is a lot like the movie the wrestler mm -hmm. um and it is going to be in several award ca categories for the oscars like yeah it's so good i cried the last 10 minutes of it 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 is damn it is so good and zach efron like he might be the the greatest like action physique actor to go drama ever mm -hmm. oh yeah i've seen like, him do a couple things and where he's like totally different and you're just like wow like he's that hot and ripped and a good actor it's fucked. He's, got, he's got he's got the whole the total package i know it's crazy. He worst haircut in the world um, yeah. in that movie, but by design, similar you know, to Bradley Cooper's nose. But <laughs> yeah, hey, we've all got to overcome something, apparently. But, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's take a quick break and let's get into theater camp. What up, Adirondack? Listen up, squad gang. Maybe uh, zip it. Can we just get you guys to shoot? Oh, what a beautiful... Oh. That was dope. Welcome, auditioners. You guys are so talented, so unbelievable. This will break you. This will fully destroy you. Congratulations on being the most talented kids at camp. Starfish, starfish, jiggle like a jackal, jiggle like a jackal. These are the things we can do with masks. These people are really weird. That's a good song she was right? I do believe her as a French prostitute. Famous. Oh, I'm sorry. Sex worker. Thank you. We're going to need to prioritize the musicals, which means the straight plays are going to have to be acoustic. Quick question. What's a straight play? There are musicals and then there are straight plays. So then what would be a gay play? I guess a, 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 a musical. Oh, cool. <laughs> I know this one's a theater camp classic, so show our guts to Broadway. All right. We're talking about 2023's Theater Camp, a mockumentary about um, a uh, theater camp. Summer, yeah, <laughs> summer camp of theater camp, theater kids, things of that sort. And uh, it's a mockumentary style, and it's just, it's hilarious. 
I agree. I was, uh, I normally, well, when you told me this was a mockumentary, I think that's what sold me, but I was like, okay, so it's making fun of theater kids. Great. <laughs> that's all I need to know. If this is going to be like for only theater kids that could, they can laugh about it. Like, cause they'll get it. I would not want to be a part of it. If that was the case, I probably would not have recommended. That's it what I figured. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll, I think I'll enjoy myself. And I, you were, you're, it was a good wreck. I really enjoyed it. While I did have some success in drama class in high school, um, I don't ever think I would consider myself a theater kid. But no, you're not. You don't have the energy. You're like too normal. And you're <laughs> still a fucking weirdo, but you're still like too normal for that. Uh, but it is co-directed by Molly Gordon and Nick Lieberman or Lieberman. I'm not sure. But this is their directorial debut, and I love me a good directorial debut, and they crushed it. I thought I, this, agree. I thought this movie was so funny. Um, I, I watched it on the plane. Sarah kept hitting me because I was laughing so hard. She thought they were going to ask us to shut up, and it was I was just laughing my ass off the entire time. So the crazy thing is, I so this movie came out. September 14th, 2023. I never heard a thing about it. And I don't either. I don't think anyone else in the world heard a thing about it because it only did uh, worldwide. It only did like four million. I heard it released the same day as Barbie and Oppenheimer. And unless IMDb is lying to me. I mean, we I, talked about Cobweb, which released the same weekend as I Barbie and Opera. It was a similar situation where they released it the same weekend, but then people like didn't really start talking about it till September when it was added to Hulu. Oh, okay. That's what I think it was. So like it they did the same fucking thing with the cobweb. Cause they're just fuck it. We don't care at this point. It doesn't matter. Just fucking drop them. And I'm like, this is some good shit that you're fucking up. Like yeah. these are movies that could actually have made money if they marketed them right. Yeah, and like in the era that we're in, where comedy movies are like trying to find where they can land. Like this movie was great. It was so funny, and is like if people are complaining that comedies are dead, it's like no, just there's you're just looking for the wrong ones i don't know yeah and i think like maybe they're just they're not seeing these ones because they don't get advertised well not the cobweb i'm saying these ones not the cobwebs of comedy in any way but <laughs> it is very camp i guess a little bit if you want to it's a little campy but yeah. uh but yeah i think this movie was fun because even if you're not like a music theater person or whatever you will still still be able to laugh and understand it especially if you've even just been to a, a fucking summer camp at all, I yeah. think there's a lot of things. But I do love like just the little things of like, you know, when he's trying to get their attention, like the sun is trying to get the attention in the morning. And he's like, all right, let's stop. Hey, guys, come on, let's sh simmer down, like take it down to zero. And, like, all stuff. <laughs> and then fucking Ben Platt just comes up and he's like, oh, what a beautiful. And then they all <laughs> yeah. sit like, oh. I loved it. I thought that was hilarious because it's so exactly what they would fucking do. <laughs> this, I feel like this movie is perfect for anyone who is not a theater person but has known theater kids. I feel like most of us have bumped elbows with somebody like yeah. that. And I'm sure we can fucking like, we're like, oh God, yeah, that, I, that reminds me of so and so or whatever. Yeah, because it's like they have so many characters that are exaggerated ver like exaggerated stereotypes and it's just like oh yep i knew that person i knew that person i knew yeah the pro i knew the props kid like yeah oh <laughs> yeah. totally i have to say too i really was like nervous because when i saw that ben platt is in it i was like oh god i know he can sing but like i i don't think i don't know if you ever saw it but like dear evan hansen just the commercials for that really upset me I and, have not seen that, but I've heard nothing but horrible things about yeah. it. Yeah, and he's also like 30-something playing like a high school kid. <laughs> I just don't like it. I really just don't like him. I feel like I really, I was like, oh, God. And he was fucking hilarious in this movie. So I was very surprised because I was like, this guy's got a tough hill to climb. But he overcame it pretty quick. I thought he was one of the funnier people. It was a really... <laughs> the director, too, who's like stressing out about everything, like... Like, so just the, the co-directors and their relationship was just perfect. Oh, my God. And also great PR move to grow a beard. Yes, I, I did. Re I did remember he's that guy from the Dear Evan thing. And he's yeah. clean shaven. 
good idea to grow the beard. It, it, well, it yeah. differentiated you. So before we get into this, though, this movie, this made me think of of a small little category of movies that I think, like, they're just they're they're always good comedy movies, and that's camp, summer camp movies. Like, Agreed. Th th I I know there's a lot of horror movies at at camp, and there's also yeah. some great horror movies at camp. But like, like Friday the Thirteenth, hello, yeah, the horror camp movie, <laughs> yeah. But like, I think of Heavyweights with Ben Stiller. Mm, yeah, that's a good it's one. A great one. Uh, Parent Trap is like a half summer yes. camp movie. Love the summer camp part so much. Um, you you probably love this. Adam's Family Values. I do love that. The whole summer mm -hmm. camp is great. And then the I think it's the ultimate summer camp movie. Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you don't have that on your list, that one is by far the greatest camp movie ever made, I think. It's did, so fucking good. Did you ever watch the Netflix like series that they did of I don't that? think I ever did. Did so, you? I watched a little bit of it. The premise is so funny, though, because it, it essentially picks up right after. It's like the following summer. It's all the same actors. But they've all aged, but they're all playing kids. So they're just oh, ignoring they're just ignoring the fact that they're all adults. That's it's, actually pretty great. It's so funny. <laughs> so it is good. Okay. I, I mean, I did that then. I don't think I finished it because you know it's easy to just get distracted. But I just remember that part and like the idea that they committed to this bit that they just ignore the fact that they all grew up. <laughs> For real. I like that. That's pretty funny. Honestly, that is one of the funnier movies I've ever seen. And a Especially just when you think of like, they really nail everything about camps. That's so weird and funny and like all of it, you know, mm -hmm. and I do. I mean, they even have the talent show at the end. It's not like they do a big performance, but like similar kind of thing. I also enjoy a movie where there is like some kind of show that they're doing. And then like you get to see it at the end, like Moulin Rouge, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I I did I did love at the end. I was like, this movie kind of tricks you into really getting into a musical. Like the it final does. performance, like it's really big, and it's like it kind of tricks you. And so it's like the I love the um, uh, Jimmy. Is it Jimmy? Jimmy Tatro. Tatro? Mm -hmm. He's incredible in this movie, and I love oh. like his. He's like the journey of the non-theater people. He's like the avatar yeah. for all of us. And it's just like, it's like, I don't really get it. He's just so <laughs> funny. But then at the end, he's just like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah. And I do love that it like, it kind of set, I would agree the movie like kind of sets you up with a couple things and then like kind of changes away from that. So like, I also, I think I, you know, I mentioned to you and you watched it, but I said, this reminds me of Waiting for Guffman. Mm -hmm. a lot you know um or which, best in show at which more people know but same group of people waiting for yeah. guffman they're putting on a play as well and i was very sorry to upset you when i said i hadn't seen either of those i was like <laughs> fucking shocked to my core so as long as you watch best in show now like we'll be okay everything will be right in the universe but um, yeah but yeah we, it's a we very watched... similar style to this movie totally and so if anyone's listening to this and you loved theater camp and you're like, oh, I haven't seen Waiting for Guffman either. You're not the only one. Thank you for joining the group. Uh, it's mm -hmm. it's really great. It's so similar to this, especially just like in the mockumentary style, but then also just like the pace of jokes. Like, mm -hmm. the, oh, yeah. Rapid fire. I started watching both of these movies and I started to like take notes on like my favorite quotes. And I just like, I have to pause the movie every 10 seconds. Cause it's a machine gun of jokes. Like so good. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't do it. <laughs> that's how these movies are though. I feel like that's one of the best things about the mockumentary kind of comedy is because there's so much because like people will, there's different types of jokes and people are throwing them in. And there's sometimes like little background comments that you don't get right away. And then you get later on. It's just all good shit. And it's just, it also like I think has they both have quick paces and like keep yeah. the humor going. But I think because of waiting for government, when you like, I mean, I love that play that they put on. It's ridiculous. Like <laughs> the stool song always gets stuck in my head. But like it's like it's a bad theater production. Right. Yeah. Whereas like this one, I felt like I was kind of set up to believe this thing was going to be a fucking shit show. Yeah. And I was like kind of surprised that these kids like pulled off a really good show by the end.
especially with the awful finale song that that the teacher wrote and they turned that it into a written, real song. That was really sweet, though. I was like, I loved it because it was like, it kind of is, right? It kind of <laughs> is. I'm like, that's like the main course of the song was that camp isn't home, but it kind of is. Like, yeah. I just, I loved that. And that's, again, it just, I, I was expecting waiting for Guffman where you're like, these people are so like, just not they're not self-aware in any way you know they all think they're ready for broadway whereas yeah. like here i was like oh i could see some of these people especially that little like kid who was like singing and fucking dancing like i mean he's <laughs> yeah. just incredible like, i was like this guy is already on broadway probably <laughs> i mean let's let's talk for a second about waiting for guffman because i mean i'm so glad that you put me put me onto this because this is like this is one of those movies that it's like theater camp is clearly inspired, inspired by. by this like this yeah. and best in show and i need to get to best in show but like waiting for guffman it, it's the same it, director christopher guest um writer uh, along with eugene levy yeah did this uh best in show and some others this was really fun for me because i never seen it and i schitt's creek is one of my favorite shows of all time like oh, it's, it's incredible. just incredible and so going back and like seeing eugene levy and Catherine o'hara like just like incredible it's it's almost like i'm watching like an origin story oh know? keep going back man there's like I, these I guys also did like i mean best in show is incredible but they have another one called the mighty wind that's like making fun of like folk music groups yeah. it's so funny and bizarre but i love it um and then this is spinal tap obviously is another yeah. great one it's like that's another one of their mo most famous ones but i just feel like they've nailed this Thing and they do it with all these different types of stories but it's like it's always got that fucking incredible humor yeah and like the weirdo characters that feel real almost because they're like so bizarre and i feel like theater camp kind of had a little bit of that but like waiting for guffman is just like it's, it's so much well and it was <laughs> funny because like watching theater camp i'm like man the pace of these jokes is is so high like every oh, yeah. scene is no something funny it like reminded me the only other movie I could think of that's like that pace is like, I don't know, the Simpsons movie. It's like there's so many jokes every time you watch it. You're like, oh, I didn't pick that up the first time. Mm -hmm. Then I watched Waiting for Guffman. I'm like, this is theater camp's pace on crack. Like it is every three seconds. There's a joke. <laughs> they Dude, all wait. Land. Yeah, <laughs> all of them. They're all good. Even if you like it takes you a second. You're like, oh, my God. what? Like there's just so many weird things, too, that are just incredible, whether it's like. Christopher Guest, like, as I have to just say, Corky is, like, one of the best characters he's ever done. And I just, I love his, like, Corky St. Clair. And, like, he's, like, the dance moves that he does are just so fucking weird. And I love it, everything about him. But this, um, I would say, if you think this one's fast, like, just wait till you get to Best in Show. There's literally a joke every half second. I my, I cannot keep up. It's so funny. My, my favorite character in all of Waiting for Guffman is the guy at the show who's just like god i wish i was in this show corky yeah. corky <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't let me audition on another day but that's like you know showbiz you know that's why he's the director <laughs> it's like i couldn't even come in another day to audition you know he's got a schedule oh. to keep it was just really great and like also the whole thing of like they're waiting for this talent agent whatever guy from broadway to show up and then i love that like the guy shows up and they're so excited and then it just turns out to just be some rando dude who's like <laughs> in town because his daughter was having a baby. And they're like, what? Like, it's just, it's so good too. Because <laughs> it's like, I love how enthusiastic he is. And they're all thinking, like, oh shit, we're going to Broadway. And then he's like, yeah, yeah. no, I'm just randomly here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, and I thought, I thought this movie really utilized the mockumentary style really well like it starts off that like it's supposed to be about this person who owns the camp and she's like going to these shows and essentially being like a talent scout oh you're talking like... about theater camp now okay yeah sorry sorry theater sorry. camp. Like... i was like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> um yeah she's like joan is going to like recruit kids for her theater camp yeah then, amy like... sedaris you think she's going to be like the main character which is amazing and then she goes to a show and because of a flashing light, flashing light, like has a stroke. No, a seizure. But I was oh, just like, seizure. I love that. That was hilarious. Like, I did not expect that. And I was just like, oh, my God, I love this movie already. Like instant <laughs> winning me over, you know? And then like they have the quick little just words of like they, they decided to keep filming like, yeah. for no reason. Well, and so, then yeah, it just right? sets up the entire movie of like, 
they're filming for something. We don't really know why, but it's like already been prepaid. So like, yeah, just, right. Okay, I'm really glad you brought that up because this was like a really hot topic um, on Reddit when I was going through like the thread on Red uh, on our movies, mm-hmm. and just like I was, it was really weird to me that a lot of people were like, "What was the deal with the mockumentary? Like, it didn't even matter. Like, it didn't have anything to do with the plot, and like they didn't or they didn't give a good enough reason for it. And then they were also like, you know, they didn't do the talking heads thing." Which is mm-hmm. like, you know, where they have the one-on-one interviews. And I was like, oh, I guess you're right. They didn't really yeah. do that. Which I guess is like, that's kind of the standard thing of these mm-hmm. is that you also have that. So I was like, okay. But I feel like most in general, like the reason, like you said, probably in, in, inspiration from like waiting for Guffman and all that stuff. But I would also say like, you know, it's also probably a lot cheaper to film your first movie with on yeah. a documentary and just like make it like cheaper that way. I don't think it really took anything away from the movie that way. I thought it was funny. I didn't notice the talking head thing until people pointed that out, but I don't think it matters. Yeah. So they didn't do like the, they didn't do the talking head thing, like the office or something, but there's a lot of times where, um, where like Troy is talking directly to the camera. That's what I was thinking. And also like it fits into the movie in my mind because Joan has the stroke and then Troy takes over and Troy is just a dumb social fake influencer, bro. So he's thinking of himself and what he can, yeah. he can bolster his clout. I so mean, like, honestly it, though, like if this is what you were dealt with, would you be like, Oh fuck yeah. Theater camp. No, I'd be like, how can we make this cool guys? Yeah. What can we do? Also hilarious. Cause he really is like a, you know, YouTube guy and has this whole channel. I don't know if, have you seen him in anything else? I've seen him. He's he's always like some random person in a thing. But like when I saw him, I immediately recognized him. I'm like, I've seen you in other things. He's just he's not usually the strange or he's not usually the main person. Well, he is in the one thing that I was like, okay, I know exactly who he is. It was from American Vandal. Did you ever watch that show? On oh, Netflix? yeah. There was like the, the fake like the turn murder. Yeah, that was the season two. But season <laughs> one was the dicks graffiti in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And that was him. He was the one who was accused. So he was like <laughs> the making a murderer guy in the season first season. And it was funny because he also was like a, you know, YouTube channel guy, influencer shit. And and I was like, that's so funny because they show a lot of his stuff in that show, too, of like his actual clips and same with this movie. And I'm like. <laughs> I mean, so he basically just has to be that character, right? Yeah. But he can, oh, I mean, it's he doesn't have to be, but like if he is, he's got it fucking just all that B-roll footage for them. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like... just been a part of every character. I don't know. Maybe he could do something different, but I love it for him. I find him extremely hilarious. Well, like the only thing his character didn't mention, and it's probably best because so, it, it doesn't age the movie, but like he was definitely a crypto bro. But he never mentions crypto. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, but it's like exactly probably just because of like copyright. But also I felt that like there was no doubt in my mind that this guy would be a crypto bro. Yeah. And especially the finance guys that he brings at the end or like the whatever they're called. But I'm glad that they didn't mention anything about crypto because then like that's a period of time where you have crypto bros. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like this is a very rewatchable movie because it doesn't have like a ton of modern like references or whatever. Mm-hmm. but I thought he was just so funny. Like I, I laughed so hard when he first like gets the, the camp and he's, and then like he taught, he he's in the office and then um, what's, what's that character's name? The one who's like the star at the end. Is it uh, it's, uh Glenn, Glenn. Oh, Glenn. Yeah. That's uh, the, Noah well, Galvin. Yeah. One of the, one of the other writers, but like when he, he's explaining to him like the operations. He's like, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna assume that you got this. Uh, I'm going to take, I understand out of my uh, (laughs) vocabulary. But then when he's like explaining (laughs) what a straight play is, he's like, so if, if a non-musical is a straight play, what's a gay play? Yeah. I love that. He's (laughs) He's like, like, I guess, I guess it's a musical. (laughs) That guy was okay. So he was so funny. I loved it the whole time. How he was like, just, and like especially that the day of the show and everyone's just calling him for everything and he's like rolling down the hill and just <laughs> yeah. like doing all that shit but like when he came out in drag at the end i was like oh my god that yeah. was amazing and he looked super hot 
and I just enjoyed everything about his whole performance. And I was just like so blown away. Oh, he was and so I, good. <laughs> and incredible like writing from a character arc perspective because they lay yeah. these there's these little spots where they're like they show his real talent and they're mm -hmm. like he has the humming when yeah, he's doing the electric so and they're like that was really beautiful and then he does the dancing and he's like if that was if that was a real dancer that I that know, like damn that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> but see like that's what i'm saying it like has that person which like i feel like is you know, maybe no one that's not at every camp, but I always love that there might there's probably people in the crew that are like, oh, I'm actually really good at this stuff. And you're like, oh, shit. You yeah. know, I love that he like finally gets. Of course, he like when he finally is going to prove himself, it's like the biggest way possible by taking on the role of Joan. And I I just loved it. I, I didn't realize that he's actually like dating. Uh, he's a real life couple with Ben Platt in oh, real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other yeah, I saw that in the, in the trivia. And I was like, good for those guys. I mean, they both can fucking sing and they're pretty funny. But like, I just felt like Jim, like Jimmy Tatro, that actor, he just felt like the most like so the one person who doesn't fit in a movie like this. But he yeah. was so good. And I felt like he was as much as like, oh, he like me, you know, he sold the camp and whatever. I don't feel like he was like an evil guy. Like he was just like a dumbass. But he was like well-meaning the whole time. I love the ways he was trying to come up with money and yeah. like. Like, oh, when the, he Airbnbs the camp. And then that fucking works. Yeah. <laughs> the play randomly ends up being like super specific to this guy's life. Yeah. And it, like it spoke to him and that's why he financed the whole thing. I loved that because I was like, I again, I'm just expecting Waiting for Guffman, which is those kind of movies. It's like, yeah. you know, most of the people, things don't work out great for them or they don't end up winning at the end or whatever. I th I think Troy is the linchpin for this entire movie because he like you, is, yeah. you take you take him out it's just a bunch of theater kids but he's you put him the in, outside perspective he's he's the funniest person like I love when they do the auditions and like it's first off only song I recognized and I knew you would too was from Sweeney Todd oh I love <laughs> I was singing it the whole time and then also the kid doing the Post Malone or whatever I was like that's was, fucking great well that was the part that I love so much is when Post Malone comes on and then Troy just gets up and he yeah. just starts pumping his arms and it's so sweet though because it's like he's just like oh shit yeah like you know and it's like it's so dumb but it also like really encourages the kid and then yeah. he starts really getting into it <laughs> I thought that was just really sweet and I really enjoyed that moment like I just didn't expect it yeah. And I just, I was like, and I love he's like, you know, any other post songs? It's like, I know <laughs> yeah. why we're here, but like, I'm okay. It's unprofessional to provide. I know, but feedback. I was like, oh, I would be the same fucking way as him, honestly. Like, if I was at one of these fucking auditions against my will, like he is, and listening to like fucking Broadway song after Broadway yeah. song, I'm like, sing something that I can enjoy. And then I'd be like, fuck yeah. That would be also me. I'd be like, I would get so excited. I'd yeah. want to dance as well. And so this reminds me that when I was watching this, I was, it reminded me a lot of The Office and not just in the mockumentary way, but like, I feel like this movie really does cringe humor really well. And then also like waiting for Guffman also cringe humor. Like what they're doing is not funny to us. They are what's funny because it's just like, you're so oblivious. Yeah. And like the, all the theater kid stuff is just so cringe and like awkward and everything. But it's also like just fucking <laughs> funny that how like serious they take things. Like the whole thing yeah. with the tear stick made me laugh so hard. When like, She's juicing. She's juicing. And she's then it was like, she's juicing. <laughs> and like she just <laughs> rolls on the stage. And I love that it's like, and then I was like, okay, the way that she just rolled on the stage so weird is like hilarious. And then the, like Ben Platt goes up and like, I'm like, he can't do this. And then he does it and like, does this crazy weird jump <laughs> with his legs all in one motion. And I was like, wow, okay. But I agree with you. Like, it's just, it was so, I would say that moment, like, I was like, I don't understand what's happening for like five minutes, but like, it was just fucking hilarious from like the, the, <laughs> the seriousness with which they treat things yeah. was fucking funny. Like even like the smuggling of the tea and like selling the fucking nice throat tea. Coat. <laughs> throat yeah. coat. And they're like, this is the good shit. Like, it's just so fucking funny. I loved it. I thought it was great. And you're right, but it is cringe, but 
I would say like that's just kind of the staple of the mockumentary. I mean, Parks oh, and yeah. Rec that too. But I would yep. say like nobody does it. I would say like Christopher Guest because I just feel like there's so like he's the one who you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the Godfather. Like... He's the Godfather. I mean, other people did it, but I feel like this is Spinal Tap was like eighty three or eighty four. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. One of the first movies that especially popularized it, and I feel like that's always a staple. Is like either the people are oblivious or just like. They're just this weirdo person and they just yeah. behave very eccentrically. Like you got to have these weird eccentric characters, but yeah. it's perfect for theater camp because it makes sense. It's not like, I mean, those kids are known for being fucking campy. So it just yeah. makes sense. Like it's it's very much like a teenage version of waiting for Guffman. Totally. Yeah. And, and like when I say cringe, that's not saying a bad thing. Like it's cringe. That's the best. It's cringe humor. Cringe humor is the hardest thing to pull off. Like yeah. the the office did it better. The office and then Parks and Rec. Like the really TV shows really stole the mockumentary format for a while. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, like, Brit the British one's even more cringe. So <laughs> it's just like it's it's very much a staple. But I agree that like. I do feel like if you have a problem with that, because some people don't love it, I feel like you'd be okay with this movie, though. It's not like over the top. Like, I know that like some people are like, I can't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm because it's just too cringe. And I'm like, it might be at first, but like once you just understand that Larry David doesn't give a fuck, it's hilarious. The things that he gets upset about or gets into fights with people about the dumbest shit. You just have to learn to like laugh at all of it. You I'm, know, I'm convinced people don't like Curb Your Enthusiasm purely because they've never watched it and they just see Larry David as an old guy. And I'm like, that's the point. Like... He's the best. <laughs> like... I mean, like, I just feel like, and, and the older I get, I'm in my 30s, but I already am like, he makes some pretty fucking excellent points about life. And uh, we should all strive to be more like Larry David, is all I'm saying. Yeah. But I think cringe humor maybe is an acquired taste, but I think you can get away with it in this movie. It's not too overblown like if you have a problem with it. It's very, very fun. I think it's a skill, and I think they nail it. And yeah. I mean, also the fact that this movie is is almost all improvised is wild. It also makes sense because, like, how do you write some of this stuff? Like, <laughs> that's like... basically how it goes with these movies. Cause I feel like that's in order to really nail the documentary feel that they're trying to get, you don't really just get that if people have exact scripts that they have to stick to. You yeah, know, like... it's like more just story beats, right? Like, here's what we need to do in this scene. Maybe a couple lines are thrown out or whatever yeah. come up with, but like, I feel like people are encouraged to improv. So there's probably a lot of that that's done in addition to whatever kind of script they might have. But I feel like this kind of movie, that's the only way it makes it feel real for me, at least. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's just like <laughs> some of the stuff that uh, that like um, uh, what are their names? Uh, ben Platt and like Molly Gordon. So Amos and Rebecca say to each other and like their interactions is like it's so crazy and they're just beating off of each other i'm like how do you guys not just laughing your ass off like when they're writing the songs and they're like stocks stocks stock things it's a tap <laughs> yeah like, the way that they i know it's so great i also love like the fucking ridiculous shit that they do like when i love molly gordon first off like i'd only seen her in Booksmart, um and i remembered her from that because she was like the slutty girl that everyone talked about but then she ended up being super cool and like smart uh... um I don't remember that. I need to rewatch Booksmart. I love Booksmart. Yeah, so good. But anyways, I'd only seen her in that. And then um, when I, I loved her in this movie, I thought she was fucking hilarious. But I really enjoyed like how she would like channel like, you know, she was like, I can channel Joan and like <laughs> yeah. she speaks through me like a fucking seance. And they all are like asking her questions and shit. And I just found that to be like, how the fuck do you not break? I would be <laughs> laughing my ass off because that was some funny shit. And it's also like, she's not dead. She's in a fucking coma. <laughs> Which, speaking of, because we just were talking about Curb, I had, to, I literally audibly gasped and was delighted when at the end, and like they have the fucking camera in Joan's room, supposedly. Yeah. And at the end, it's fucking Susie Green from the, from uh, Curb. She's so goddamn funny. And she's <laughs> the person. It's like, I don't know who you guys are, but that was amazing. And they're like, oh shit, it's in the wrong room. Or whatever, and I was just like so random that it was her, but I loved that whole little bit that like she didn't even get to watch it. Oh my god! <laughs> I I also loved when um when Rebecca's like doing her her classes, and then she's like, 
all right, so this is your past live seminar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? This is the kind of weird shit. They just got to get creative, you know? Uh, or like they have that line where they're like, they cast everyone and they're just like, you all deserve this. You are worth this, but this will break you. Yeah. It will fully destroy you. <laughs> it's all on you. If you fail, like you are now in charge of everything. We can only do so much. It's all up to you guys. It's like, <laughs> And yeah, just all of the songwriting, all of that is really great. I always find that funny because I'm I'm like, I always I think I'd just be so curious to see how people really write music mm -hmm. because I, I love when they make fun of it in movies like this, where it's like, this is how they're coming up with shit. No wonder it's not going to be great. But like this movie, like it turns out pretty fucking good. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, and even it, like waiting for government as much of like that's really a low quality production of a play. The fucking songs are fucking catchy, you know. I'll give it that. They, they That's what I'm saying, you know. And I want to give a, a little shout out to it was a very short scene, but I thought it was so funny. Um, when the power goes out, they're like they're casting what kid to go to what role. Mm -hmm. It's it's almost like it's a fantasy football draft. Yeah, like, it like, is. like are you and I love like the one line there's like you know, Chantel seems like a virgin. It's like, they're all kids. They're all virgins. She's like, I know they're all virgins, but like, I can just tell. And it's like, so like, how do we fix this for her? Like, how do we get her there in time? That's what they're like, should we get, how do we get her there? And it's like, what does that mean? How are we going to get this girl sexualized at that time? I don't know. <laughs> or even like the thing of like, I totally see her as like a, you know, a prostitute. And then she's like, so offended that Brad yeah. Platt said that he's like, I'm so sorry. I meant a uh, sex worker. It's like, <laughs> that's what she's like. Thank you. It's not that like we're talking about a fucking child, which like a lot of these kids were fucking really good actors. Yeah. And that that line specifically that reminded me of um, when we talked about werewolves within and the AT&T girl, like she's this like hyper woke person. Yes, <laughs> like she, exactly. keeps she keeps correcting him on stuff. Yeah. Gender is a construct. And I love that. That was very much a thing. I find that type of humor to be really funny if it's done well. It's like a very thin line with that, like because you're making fun of stuff that's like it's relevant. You're talking about woke stuff, but it's still funny. And it's yeah. not like I'm trying to be I don't know. There's just a really fine line between good and bad stuff. I think that joke works so well because it it make it's it's very relatable because like the way it seems like when you see like the news or anything it's like if you say the wrong thing you are canceled you're cut off you're destroyed yeah. but in for for the vast majority of all of us non-famous people it's just a mistake and it's like oh yeah sorry they're not prostitutes anymore sex workers like like it's yeah it's it's relatable like they're not canceled it's like oh made a mistake uh, it's this thing <laughs> but i love like, the fact that, that that's the offensive part it's like yeah. it's just it plays really well about modern stuff where it's like it's we're more concerned about the phrasing of the thing versus like what you're actually saying yeah which yeah. is that that little girl i could totally see her as a prostitute like that's fucked up <laughs> that is definitely a fucked thing to say i mean obviously this is like a production yeah they're fucking cassie directors but it's like that's what's great is that he's like oh i'm sorry sex worker let me give her yeah. agency in that. <laughs> yeah. not the fact that she's like nine yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i don't there's so many one-liners in this i don't know if you have uh one that really stuck out to you but if you do let me know the it's weird but i think my favorite line in the entire movie is um I think it's the character, it's the the Gigi, the the fashion designer. During the audition, oh, yeah. he's like, uh, you say that you're allergic to polyester. Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that was the funniest thing. One of my thing. favorite characters. <laughs> that was actually a really great one. I did there's a lot of really, really good ones. Uh I did feel like, and this is just a random one that just really just made me just really laugh out loud cackle like it got me and it was uh when they do the like he's when you know uh the son's trying to like raise money <laughs> for the show or yeah. for the camp and he has the like the rotary the men's rotary club yeah. come, and then like the kids like serve them dinner 
I really enjoyed that whole scene. I thought it was just fucking funny. But one of the little girls, and then how the kids were like trying to like be in character and like tell them stories, and it was like getting really fucked up. And one of the little girls like was so fucking funny. She just said, "Can I offer you a roll or the chilling tale of how I lost my daughter?" And I was just like, "What?" People had PTSD flashbacks. Yeah, I was so fucking Vietnam shit. Oh my god! She's so goddamn good. The kids were so good in this. Also. I mean, the, the, this might be my last thing to bring up. Um, uh, Patty Harrison, she was so good as the bad, as the villain, as like the corporate entity. Oh I mean, yeah, totally. Her, her like flirting with Troy, like on Troy, on Troy Panuership. <laughs> yeah, you've been watching my vlogs. I watched all of them. <laughs> like she, she is so funny at being the bad guy, and then when she gets control, and she's like just a total dick, like. And during yeah. the performance, she like taps, like, hey, lame, right? Like, <laughs> I know exactly. her. Fr- I've only seen her in like Shrill, that show. Oh, I don't and think she- I've ever seen her in anything. Oh, she is so funny in Shrill. Like, she's well, like, she's, she's good, like sociopathic yeah. in Shrill. She's also in like, <laughs> I think you should leave like those sketch comedy things on Netflix. She's mm. really, really funny. But yeah. I thought she was she was great. <laughs> I also love the chick. Um, I think it's like Ao at a beery or whatever. She's yeah. on oh, the bear, yeah. and she was really good. I loved how it was like just the one line that shows up with her is just like light on her resume, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. ah, "You can do all this stuff." And she's like, "Yep." And then I love it. She's like asking the kids to like tell her what the thing is, and like the Explain fucking classes combat theater, <laughs> like, just like beating the shit out of people. What is so good? What is the exact definition of it? Yeah. Also, just won a Golden Globe. So yeah. for the for the, I didn't even know she was on the Bear. I was like, yeah. I've never seen her before. <laughs> She's. Great. I need to watch the Bear. I haven't watched it. Oh, Have you man. watched it? Nope. It's. Oh. Yeah, I've heard. Molly Gordon is things. also in that, so I feel like we should definitely get on it. Plus, I've just heard nothing but good things. So. Oh damn. Well, now I know what I'm watching tonight. Well, I hope you all got the feels out of you from that wild performance that is us talking about theater camp. It was very emotional, just like the movie. I feel like we didn't sing enough, but that's okay. Uh, if, if you didn't hear us singing, then you missed it. So go back and listen to it. To I it sang again. like a little one thing, but that's all you're going to get out of me. We'll put a clip in where they're singing so somebody hears something. <laughs> but uh, overall, great time. Way, like probably the best time I've ever had with anything like about the theater since waiting for Guffman for sure. So yeah, high praise. <laughs> well, next week we are keeping this comedy train going because we need 20- a fucking laugh. <laughs> yeah, January's crazy, and you know, twenty twenty three actually had some comedies that were better than people thought. Maybe they just didn't see them. But uh, yeah. next week we're talking about Joyride and double feature talking about no hard feelings so one of them uh joyride joyride is it's the it's the all asian ensemble women cast it's kind of like crazy rich asians but rated r very raunchy and hilarious also i went and saw this purely because stephanie shu is in it and um she is wonderful in this she's hilarious that's a hundred percent enough reason for me to watch this movie, but you sold me on everything else. I've never seen it. It's streaming on stars and Stephanie Hsu was amazing in everything of her all at once. So like, yeah. I just want to see her in everything. So literally, she, I want to see her everywhere all at once too. So I just am so excited to see her in something else. This is a great follow-up to the insanity that it was everything everywhere all at once. And I, so I saw this in theaters. I think it's the best, like, raunchy comedy since Bridesmaids. Like, it's yeah. really, really good. Then we're also going to tap into Jennifer Lawrence's raunchcom, No Hard Feelings. Is that a raunchy comedy as well? I haven't I'm, seen that either. I'm calling it a raunchcom because it's not a rom-com. I know the trailers make it seem kind of... Uh, I would perv- assume it's not, yeah. It's kind of pervy. But no, there's a lot of heart in this movie, and it's 
very, very enjoyable. Like I fucking love Jennifer we had a Lawrence. Good time so. She's so funny, especially the Golden Globes this year. Yeah. She was the best. <laughs> oh, I just I will watch anything with her. She's one of my favorites. And I'm so excited to see this because I've not I've been waiting and it's like a lot of people have talked about how it's way better than they thought. So that's like giving me hope. Plus, like I just am excited to like have a fucking another movie to laugh about this week. And it's on Netflix if if you also have not seen it. Yeah, uh, Joyride is on Stars, mm-hmm. uh, so that's where that's at. I would say it's definitely worth a rent. I yeah, would also say it's worth a buy, but it's yeah. worth a rent if you're not sure. Uh, but it's a blast. We're going to be laughing a lot next week, and um, yeah, we're just going to keep the good times rolling. This this next week, it's women leading the charge because goddamn they're funny. But until then, take care, and we'll see you next week on the regular exclusive podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We out here.